So hello to everyone. Welcome to our podcast where we will discuss the various aspects of shaping public opinion by public figures slash leaders with an emphasis on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. We will discuss how public figures such as satirists and other kinds of entertainers have influenced attitudes regarding the conflict and examine the impact of social media on the information we are all exposed to on a daily basis. Join us as we aim to provide an understanding of the complex matter and inspire an open dialogue on the challenges we face. So my first question goes to Nakhshon. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Good to listen. So my first question regarding the satirists in the United States. How do satirists use humor and their great global exposure to portray the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? Can you give me one example? Uh, yes. First, satirists can uh, they use humor to convey, they can use humor to convey harsh messages in a humorous way. Uh, in the example of uh, John Oliver, we saw how he, he uses the humor to convey the, the message that there is a, a, a symmetrical conflict here, and uh, okay. the message that Israel is strongest and uh, and uh, has a lot more power than the Palestinians. Uh, that's okay. one example. So my next question, still regarding the, the same matter, can a satire be an effective method of addressing the complicities of the conflict or does it cause the opposite result? Uh, it's an interesting question. Uh, I think, uh, I think satire, satire, satire is not a more effective uh, way of, uh, of, of letting messages out, but... Uh, but it uh, it's a more uh, sophisticated tool in the hands of all parties, all uh, sides of the of the battle, if we call it a battle, which makes it a it's a tool in the hands of each of each one, and and because that it's very powerful, so every side every every side has to to use it. Uh, okay, so it's a mechanism. Uh, regarding what? our, I, I say it's a mechanism, defense mode. We use yes. Satter to make fun of very harsh situations we deal yeah. on a daily basis. I wouldn't say it's more effective, but you, you have to use it because if you wouldn't use it, just the other side would use it. So everybody has to right. Right. Thank you for your answers. My Thank next you. question is to Olivia. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Okay, so my uh, next question is still on the same um, um, matter. How have foreign satirists responded to the military escalation between Israel and the terrorist organization in Gaza back in 2021, if you remember? Do you think they were biased towards a certain side in the conflict? Um, yeah, there was definitely some bias uh, from the political satirists on the situation back in 2021. We see this from the videos like uh, John Oliver. He gave a very um, poignant 
description uh, through his satire video. And he is biased because he is a British American comedian. He um, has his own point of view from thousands of miles away, whereas um, Israeli uh, satirists such as uh, Tom Aaron and Lior Schlein uh, have a more personal opinion because they are Israeli comedians and they know the situation more firsthand. Um, and the way that John Oliver responded, he responded in a way that really favored the weak actor in the situation or Palestine and criticized the actions of Israel and the IDF. Whereas Tom Aaron and Lior Schlein took the uh, offense. They took it personally. Yeah, they took it very personally. They responded to John Oliver and criticized him. Um, and Do you think they succeeded in their response? I think uh, one had a better response more than the other. I think Tom Aaron had a better response where he actually took points from John Oliver's video and um, made it with some like good backup. I remember him saying like, uh, just because Israel is stronger doesn't mean that they are in the wrong that um, people, like, especially in the global, uh, reaction, people tend to take Palestine sign because they are seen as they're weaker. weaker. Automatically yeah. they're weak. <laughs> so I couldn't disagree with you anymore. My next question, um, regarding the public figures. So what responsibility do public figures such as Gal Gadot or the Hadid sisters have in shaping the public debate on the conflict? Do they have responsibilities? Um, they probably have some responsibility as public figures to keep a certain like light and frame on it. Um, but they are not educators and they are not uh, people who are supposed to really inform the public like like proper news papers or like news anchors are. Um, they are right. celebrities sharing their own opinion and they try their best to seem informed on the subject, especially people like Gigi Hadid, who is of Palestinian descent and wants to um, defend her heritage, um, or Gal Gadot, who is an Israeli citizen. Um, they really try their best to shed light on these discussions and these problems. Um, but they do not like have the place because they come from great privilege and they are big mega celebrities that will always come on top in these situations no matter what, where there are it real also people. seems to me, sorry for stopping you, it seems <laughs> to me that one side really dwells in this conflict while Gal Gadot and the Israeli public figures around the world just get stuck in it. They don't want to be in, in that first place, but they have to. Right, yeah. So, yes. So, thank you for uh, the answers. Yeah. Does anyone have comments for Olivia's uh, opinion? I definitely yeah. agree, so and I think that these opinions, like, based on these people who are not as educated and aren't in a position of sharing this information, kind of interrupts 
the main news and these figures who should be sharing the information. Right. So my next question is to you, Hannah. How do these public figures navigate, navigate or try to the difficulties in expressing their position publicly? Do some of them take into account the consequences for expressing their opinions? So definitely when expressing their position publicly, I think that these public figures know they're kind of walking this fine line of making sure they're pleasing the public while still giving their opinion. So I definitely think they take into account the consequences because I think they understand the fact that if they don't please people, then their position as a public figure may decrease and they may take backlash for it. Okay, right. And the next question, uh, should public figures use their widespread platforms to advocate for a specific side in the conflict? Or should they remain neutral and promote dialogue and understanding? So this is definitely a heavier question. I think that promoting dialogue and understanding is what's most important because these public figures are not as educated and are not in a position of a news broadcaster, someone who should be promoting this information. And I think, like I said before, using the platform to advocate can decrease their position and almost make them look like not favorable to the public. So I think they're kind of walking this fine line and which I think is almost disappointing because I wish that they would give their true and honest opinion and like kind of have everyone have an understanding. So I think remaining neutral in some cases may be a better approach and kind of letting the real information come out. But I think that giving their opinion would kind of show them as real people rather than these public figures. But the fact that some of them really avoid being yeah. uh, authentic and honest because they really know how much damaging it can be. Yeah. Gal Gadot's husband, husband took, um, not, not took, I will correct myself, he was attacked because of a single comment he yeah. made on the judge uh, uh, um, did form reform in Israel, and because he his Gal um, he is Gal Gadot's husband, he got attacked. Not because he's a private person. The fact that they are public figures um, makes them, I think, a little bit miserable because of the situation, especially in these days. Yeah. Thank you. Of course, Ram. How are you? Are you with us? Can anyone hear um, me? Yes, I can yes, hear you. Hi. So my question for you is, what are the main values expressed in the influencers' opinions published on the social media? What kind of values do you think should be brought to the mainstream debate regarding the conflict? If there are any different from what are existing already? So um, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is a very complex issue and any attempt of addressing it requires a nuanced understanding of the historical, political, and social factors involved. Okay. In order to you know, foster a constructive and meaningful dialogue, um, we should really emphasize and prioritize values such as peace, justice, and respect to human rights. Because I think that's what influencers try to do online. And so I think uh, these are the values that sh we should take forward in explaining the situation. And I think we do it, but the other side is lacking in 
Correct. <laughs> so the next question is about the annulled branding hexagon. How can this specific hexagon be used to promote a positive and constructive image of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict in the global community? And what implications does this have for promoting a respectful dialogue, if not peace? So understanding the Anhalt branding hexagon itself, uh, it is actually a framework for understanding the six dimensions of a country's reputation. Uh, for example, exports, governance, culture, people, tourism. It's a bit hard talking about this in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict because uh, Palestine is not actually a country, so we can't... We can't um, it's a know, nation. Eh? Somehow it's a nation Israel? and a country, right? Sorry? I said it's a nation, not a country, you're right. It's difficult, but we can still discuss on the Israeli side. Yeah, so, um, so if we look at the Israeli side, having a, you know, wealth or even innovative companies, um, it's really hard to, under to explain what I mean, but... Um, if you have innovative companies, they can okay. promote their, they can promote their products and services on a more global stage. And uh, if Palestinians could do the same, uh, we could mm -hmm. have shared like a uh, or demonstrated an economic pot economic potential um, and showcase the positive contributions. Uh, that we you know make to the world but since they they don't do that it's it's you can't compare you can't really use that to compare they emphasize other aspects of our conflict there's no way we can negotiate on positive aspects of living side by side thank you for your yes. answers thank you uh, how are yes. you i'm fine thank you so my question is, how has the social media been used as a platform for asymmetric warfare in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? And what are the implications for public opinion and global perception of the conflict? Uh, I think that in general, the use of social networks is as a great effect uh, on the public opinion. Uh, right. And the most, you hear me? Yes, yes, I'm And in the social and media, the most of the influencers <laughs> are, they are not objective. They have a, their own opinion and they choose right. to present one side of the story. And sometimes it's misleading to the public and this affects the opinion of the most of the majority of the public so they twist the reality when it's convenient can you yes. give me an example just uh, what uh, types of images you see online that you feel that are twisted against us or for us i remember i don't remember when but uh, in one of the wars in israel there okay. was a Many celebrities like The Weeknd and uh, the Hadid sisters who yeah. uh, published on their Instagram story like Free Jerusalem and 
free Palestine and it's it's misleading if you don't know all the facts. Right. So you have a solution for that? Just a theoretical one. What can improve um, the situation? I don't have a solution. I think I think maybe um people who are uh, celebrities or uh, understand more the situation or uh, in Israel side uh, should should say something to balance the situation. Okay, thank you. So the final question is quite general. If anyone wants to answer it, feel free to discuss it uh, to one each other. So what is your general impression of these messages spread on social media? Do you think they are balanced? Do they succeed in influencing both domestic and foreign public opinion? So go ahead if someone wants to talk. I can say that uh, I think you understood that in my impression, the messages uh, on the social med media are not very balanced, uh, unfortunately. Okay. This is my opinion. Does anyone else? Um, I think it really, well, I guess like from the material, material that we worked with, it wasn't very balanced. And I think this was dependent on how much influence each uh, social media personality had and where their audience was coming from and what opinions they were bringing in. Um, and I think this was definitely evident with like John Oliver and with people like Gigi Hadid or Gal Gadot. Um, or even like smaller Israeli influencers, it really depends on their audience size and who they're reaching to and how the opinions that the audience is bringing into this situation. You are all right. That, yeah, I think that the size of the audience definitely matters in terms of these messages. And I think that there's definitely not a balance. They have a big crowd. So each one of them, the weekend and the Hadith sisters, they really have great influence. And they took advantage of um, their of the situation. Yes. I don't think I could so, um, you got that. Like definitely agreed. For sure. So to conclude our podcast, I want to say thank you for uh, the participation and truly your answers simplify the matter really clearly. We hope our discussion has shed a light on the role of public figures and leaders in shaping public opinion on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Although it seems impossible, we are encouraged an open dialogue and engagement towards a better future for both sides. Thank you for participating again and for listening. Thank you. Thank you.